Welcome to the ARC Podcast, where we explore the art of how things work. Here are your hosts, the three key masters, Simon, Patrick, and Paul. And welcome to this episode, this video from the ARC of Forgotten Knowledge. Uh, I'm Paul Langer, and I'm joined by my fellow key master, Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing, my friend? Mate, I'm vertical. I'm sucking air. Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> totally agree with you there, um, mate. We want to give. The, we want to get on and start doing some videos for the community. And yeah. a really good one to start with, I thought, is uh, um, you know, we obviously we talked about this, but a, a topic which you know a lot about, um, specifically the scarcity of resource. You know, one of the things about the arc is that um, we help. Through, through the knowledge that's been accumulated in all the books and everything that we have in the ARC, um, we have the ability for a lot of people to learn how shit works, right? Um, because when things aren't available, and we're starting to see that world, we're starting to see shortages in, in all sorts of things. But when, when stuff becomes scarce, how do you go about doing things? Mm. And... Um, you know, that's 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 one of the one of the the, the pillars of, of why the arc exists. So, um, how about how about we jump straight into your favourite topic or one of your, one of your favourite topics, and um, and without without trying to scare the shit out of everybody, let's let's talk clearly about what the possibilities are with regard to what's coming down the pipeline of us all in, yeah. in terms of resources. Well. Let me put it, first of all, let me say this, that for me, the arc of forgotten knowledge is akin to an insurance policy, okay? Um, people, they have insurance for their cars, they have insurance for their homes, and yet they probably cannot remember if they've ever, ever had it, a car accident that they had to, to use on their insurance or that their house burnt down or, or got broken into, but they still buy the insurance, right? Correct? Well, yep. they get more, they get more than the CTP screen slip, yeah? You what, sorry? I said they get more than just the CTP, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, the compulsory one. They get the full cover or something additional just, in, just yeah. in case. Just in case. That's right, just in case. And that's what that's how I view the Ark of Forgotten Knowledge because, and I'm not talking about secret cabals around the world or the elite or what are they called? What's that guy's name that talks about lizard people and so forth? The Queen is one of the lizard people and all this sort of stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real-world geopolitical events that are happening right now and that many people don't even know about. And let me give you one example. In Australia, and this has been around since about 2006, 2007, we have in this country 21 days supply of fuel. That includes what's in the tanks of the vehicles. 21 days. Now, we have about 59 to 62 days of gas, LPG, for vehicles that are gas-powered. But gas-powered vehicles are only about 12 or 11% of, the, of the, um, the vehicle fleet in this country. The vast majority are petrol or diesel. Now, I'm not even totally concerned about petrol. We can always get around that with push bikes, public transport, whatever. Might actually but do us some good. good. Exactly. However... What happens when 
China becomes even more rambunctious than they are, if that's entirely possible, I don't know, that they're getting more and more rambunctious. And our fuel has to come from either South Korea or from Indonesia, Singapore. Our, our, because we only have four cracking plants left and they only do about 84,000 barrels a day. We consume somewhere in the vicinity of 330,000 barrels a day. So we can have all of the resources, all the reserve oil reserves we like in the Bass Strait and so forth, and that off Western Australia. But if we can't crack it, what's the point? So we have to import the petrol and the diesel and the jet fuel, etc., etc., etc. Now it has to come through sea lanes that China has the capacity to control very easily and very quickly, and then suddenly we're we are just cut off from fuel. Now, as I said, I'm not concerned so much about the petrol, because that would be inconvenient, to say the least, but not dire. What is dire is when you consider that if that gets cut off, the military gets the diesel, the fire brigade, the ambulance, maybe the buses and public transport. But how does how does food get to Woolworths and Aldi, IGA and Coles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, because trains... So, trains the government is letting us down. Sorry? As it trains, trains which bring produce from farm to distribution centre are predominantly diesel, That's right, diesel, diesel. Uh, and then trucks which take produce from train track to distribution centre, from distribution centre to re retail, are also diesel. So right. after the military and after emergency services, although the cops mainly drive, I believe, mainly drive petrol, so they'll get most of the whatever petrol's left over, but you know, ambulance, fire. Uh, military, then you've got logistics. Yeah. But it's 21 days. How long is it going to last, really? Not 21 days. No. Because a lot of it will be sequestered for the, for the, military, for the military and the emergency services. We know in America, for example, that hmm. already a lot of that has been shut down to some degree, not completely, of course, um, because of these two pipelines that they've had problems with. Um, not to mention, and we'll get to that in a minute, the, the, the lack of uh, material to make the microchips for the computers in the cars. Their, their car production has slowed down to, a, to a, dri a dribble. So we can see quite clearly that in real world time, not with some conspiracy theory, real world events mm -hmm. happening right now and could very easily happen. And everybody's quite aware of how China's heading and our relationship with China is unhealthy to say the least at the moment that we could be cut off from our supply. The interesting side to that is that the Prime Minister has recently set up an agreement with America. So they're now shipping bulk oil over to America for them to store it for us. Yeah. Yes, I know. It's, I know. What, what can you, I say? You think, you think under a Biden administration we're ever going to get that oil back? given the problems they got over there? You think we're ever going to see it again? It's sort of like an SDR going into the IMF, right? A, um, a special drawing, was a special drawing right going to the International Monetary Fund. That's money we'll never see again. It's oil we'll never see again. Let's be honest about this. And for anyone saying, oh, yeah, but, you know, well, China, yes, there's a lot of hoo-ha about China, but really would they block our... Uh, would they block our fuel supplies? That's sort of something you expect from Iran to do and all that sort of thing. And what really, what capacity do they have to do that? Well, unless you 
been living under a rock for or not now listening to what's actually been happening in the world for the last several months six eight months nine months you might not understand that quite apart from the belt and road initiative which china has essentially bought a whole bunch of countries around the world um one of the projects there is a major fishing plant in port moresby yeah but port moresby by their own admission has no fishing industry to speak of. Now, this fishing plant with wharves, docks and wharves is huge, and the wharves are big enough to berth warships, um, which quite handily, you know, quite, you know, come, come really well in, in, in hand when you want to go on block sea lanes, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, then also there's the port of darwin which the chinese have under a 99 year lease i think 96 years to go or something yeah unless we um, tear up the contract which should really happen i mean belton road in victoria's taking a big hit thank goodness but it one might say yeah but that's that's a that's a long you know that's 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 not really going to happen but then for those who haven't heard of the um uh, undersea or underwater continent of Zealandia, I encourage you to go and look that one up because that one is has the potential to put the Chinese military right on the east coast of Australia. Mm -hmm. And look, if we don't learn from history, we're bound to repeat it. Now, we know that even in England, there were people who were trying to appease Hitler. Oh, he won't do anything. He's building the country up. We need to appease him. We need to do what we can to support him because he's good for the country. And even those in the most elite positions in England were in favour of Hitler. And, and of course, well, to put it mildly, they were wrong. Now... We can appease China all we like. We can we can we can recognise them and all that kind of thing, and say yes, okay, you're actually you're just very strong bully boys, but you're not going to do anything wrong. What can we do to help you and all of that? And then what happens? Exactly the same as what history's occurred, um, you know, a hundred years ago almost, and then a thousand years ago and two thousand years ago, when people start, you know, one group says we want control of everything, and that's what China's doing. May not happen tomorrow. It may not happen in the next month or the next year, but I fear that it's going to happen. In the same way that I, not fear, but I am cognizant of the fact that I might have an accident out there on the road because some of some other idiot, if not myself, some other idiot, somebody has broken into my car and stolen some of my equipment for my business. So it happens. It happens in real life. It may not happen often, but if you're not insured. You're down the tubes, and that's what we're talking about with the arc of. I'll give you an example, right? Every every week, I pay uh, the phone company. I won't say which company it is, but I pay the phone company an insurance policy of fifteen bucks in case something happens to that phone. Yeah. Now, mind you, I have a cover on the phone; makes it look terribly unsexy. But a cover on the phone, which I can, I could actually drop this phone from the third floor onto concrete, and it'll survive. And actually, I've dropped it from shoulder height onto concrete, and and worse, and slammed it on the ground. And the worst that's happened is the screen protector broke. All right. 
So my 15 bucks a month for the last 18 months has been money down the drain. But it was always that what if. That's exactly right. What if it gets stolen? What if you just mm. lose it? You know? Um, and, you know, that phone, I don't know what it is. It looks like it's it's an iPhone 12 or 11 or something. Uh, Pixel 4. At, eh? Pixel 4. Pixel 4. So what is it, $1,200 or something? Probably still, yeah. I mean, the Pixel 6 is about to come out in October. So, yeah. So they're expensive items. And for someone like you and me who are in business, we need that instant connection, unfortunately. And while the internet still exists, we need to have that connection. We need to have those apps. We need to have those facilities on the phone in order to run our businesses. So, and to protect your business, you have insurance. I've got, I've got insurance on my commercial vehicle. I've got insurance on my um, um, workshop. I've got insurance on my phones, like, just like you have, et cetera, et cetera. Because if anything goes wrong, my business goes down the tubes. Well, it's the same thing. We're looking now at real-world events. We've just spoken about the fuel situation, which is just insane. We're supposed to have 90 days minimum as an agreement um, with, a, with a group of countries that we're in agreement with on fuel supplies. But we don't. We have 21 days. And why the gov both sides of the government, Liberal and Labor, why they persist in allowing this to happen, well, that's open to conjecture. Someone could say that's part of the overall plan to reset the thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm not... I don't have enough we'll, knowledge about that. Others do. I think we'll come back to that one on a different video. There yeah, is something much, to us to I don't say know here. why they're doing it. I don't know why they're doing it. So we'll move on from that. And then we just look at, for example, the, the, the way we've been told that electric vehicles are the way to go. I recently read an article and saw a report on the fact that uh, they can't use recycled copper in these electric vehicles. It has to be from original ore, fresh ore. Really? Yeah. Wow. So we know, and we will have later on our other key master, Simon, who is um, a world-renowned expert on resources. He's a man that's been requested by the G7 and the G20 to produce reports by the European Parliament uh, his, his reports have been downloaded thousands of times. He's got an alphabet after his name from the number of degrees, and he's a doctor of engineering. The man knows his stuff. Now, um, he's pointed out a number of factors, and, and, and when we get him on to show his side of his experience and expertise, it will blow everybody that's watching these videos into the weeds because they will not... <coughs> pardon me. They will not be aware of just how tenuous our situation is. We're on a razor blade at the moment. Everything's honky-dory, but it could flip-flop either way, and either way is bad. Only on the razor blade is it good, strangely yep. enough. So with electric vehicles, um, we need uh, lithium. The main, the main, There are two main supplies in the world, and one of them is China, who also happens to be the largest purchaser of lithium. To make the batteries and what they were doing was they they first of all flooded the market to drop the price this was back in 2012 13. they flooded the market so that the price went down and the smaller producing mines found it uneconomical so they shut down which only left i think two or three suppliers 
but still China's the largest. And then they started buying the stuff. Now, without lithium iron, you can't make the batteries. Without uh, other heavy uh, rare earth metals, you can't make the magnets for the batteries. You can't, if without raw copper, fresh raw copper, you can't make the windings for the motors and all of the cabling. Nickel. You're running out. Yeah. The world is a finite resource. Yeah. I think, I, I, I people may not understand the level. Sorry, go on. I'll, I'll interject in a second. Okay. I think one, yeah. one final point. Not only is it finite, but that finite resource is being accumulated and controlled by one particular group. And we're talking about the Chinese. Oh. So mm. we, we, we simply are living on borrowed times in many ways. You were going to say? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump into what I was going to say in a second. But just, just to be clear, we're not here to China bash because China is doing it because they're being allowed to do it. Yep. And they were being enabled for a long time. If you go back as far as Nixon, who opened it up publicly, it was happening before that. If you, but go back as far as Nixon, who opened the whole China thing up publicly, right? Um, think about the Cold War. We were all told that the Soviet Union, were the, that, that was the boogeyman. And then... Yep. East Germany, because you know Perestroika came and Gorbachev, and you know, there was still a couple of holdouts. Like East Germany was then the boogeyman, right? And then that, then the yeah. wall fell down. You know, wall came down, and so um, you know Cuba's always been on and off, and then there's always been the whole North Korea thing, just to throw it in, throw something in the works whenever we uh, we get a little bit complacent about uh, how the world might actually become a nice place to be. Um, so we need a boogeyman, and China was always being prepared to be that because the world gave it every opportunity to grow in the background yep. without, you know, and, 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 and gave it such sweetheart deals and still does. Um, you know, it's, it's a crazy. What I was going to say. And I'm not bashing China. I'm just stating it is what it is. Hmm. You know? Yeah, it it, exactly. And, and it is what it is because we've all done it. We've all allowed it. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I remember, I remember when, area. Yeah, you know, I remember back in the 90s when um, uh, Gore was going around, it was like early, early mid-90s, Gore was going around Africa offering internet to all these dictators in, in, in Africa, um, so giving them free internet because the, the US was laying glass fiber around the African continent at the time and they'd say, say to all the... Uh, all the dictators, listen, come on, we'll give you free internet so you can give it to your people. And like, why would I do that? And then, you know, why would I give my people free internet? They'll go online and bag me and 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 gauze. If you don't, then, you know, your people are going to dial up via modem to the next country who already has it, and they're going to bag you anyway, right? But at the same time as all that was happening, US was exporting a cubic, must have been a cubic tonne. No, it was a cubic meter or a cubic tons, probably the same thing, uh, of chicken wings to China. Well, there was obviously several cubic tons, but per cubic ton, it was a dollar per cubic ton. What? Of chicken wings. Yeah. A dollar? Right? Well, maybe it was a cubic meter. I don't know which one's which, which is more, but it was a huge amount. It was a cubic something, and it wasn't just a cubic inch. It was, it was a huge amount for a buck. And, um, you know, as part of USAID, BS, right? But um, they the world has been empowering China for a long time, and so this is not this is not 
you know, bitch slapping China. It's just what it is, as as Patrick said, it is what it is. Just briefly back to the resource issue, you know, like yeah. nickel, cobalt, lithium, all these things. An interesting thing to come out of Simon's research, and as you've said, we'll bring Simon on to a video very soon because he's uh, he's truly an expert in this area. His reports, you know, if you've got the time, read his reports. Um, one thing that came out of uh, conversations we have is, and people don't realise this, it's, it's not just the resources are scarce and, oh, we just have to go out and dig some more up. Yeah, not like gold, you know, there's a certain amount of gold which has been dug up. And the reason there's not a lot of gold being dug up these days is because it is in the ground. It's just so inaccessible and the cost of digging it up would not justify digging it up at the moment. In terms of the resources required to make these batteries, however, it's a different scenario. The resources just don't exist in the ground. There are not enough of the various metals and, and, and elements required to make electric vehicles for everything. There are not enough, there's not enough of it in the ground, even if everything were dug up, All right? Um, plus amount of power stations, right? So I know, I know Simon did a calculation that if based on 2018 figures or 2016 figures, the number of cars, trucks, buses, and all the rest of it, if everything was converted to electric, there would not be enough to put a battery into every vehicle once. And of course, those batteries have a lot of shelf life. And so when they when they expire, there's nothing to replace them. Now, on top of that, you have to layer the fact that these batteries all have to be charged. Yeah. And solar and wind and hydro just doesn't cut it. You get, you know, the number of coal-burning power stations you'll need and nuclear power stations you'll need on top of all the other masses of land you're going to take away because of wind farms that you'll need to charge all of these electric vehicles if every vehicle in the world were electric or even a majority is obscene. I mean, the Chinese are building coal-powered um, uh, coal, coal, um, powered power stations faster than we are in fact you know like they're building more next year than we have in australia in total right um but the number of power stations you need coal nuclear and all the rest of it to charge all these electrical vehicles electric vehicles is an obscene number the i know it's under the, too yeah it does because i didn't say three hundred and twenty thousand power stations extra are needed that's what his report yeah. showed it's, it's an obscene number. So the environment all of these environment warriors are seeking to save will be destroyed by the solution that is required to support the technology you want to use. Now, I'm not but saying we should. That, Sorry? On top of that, it takes about somewhere between seven to ten years to build a single power station, and they cost billions. And that's, mm. that's the coal, not the nuclear one, right? How many years is it going to take to build 320,000? I mean, it's unrealistic. So the point is that electric vehicles are not the answer. And I'll, I'll give an extension to that. You know of the the uh, the solar race in Australia? There's there's a couple of them. One goes from Perth to Adelaide, or Melbourne, rather, and one goes from Adelaide to Darwin. Right? These solar challenge. Yep, the Dutch quite often win them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. It ain't much of it. Ain't it's back. Um, 
now if, but anyway but here's the thing they also have other categories they have biofuel they have high uh, hybrid categories all that sort of stuff now i came across a report about the 2005 solar challenge and here's an interesting fact the toyota prius which everybody it's it's, it's the most incredibly well marketed piece of useless technology i've ever seen right it's overrated to the max so let me tell you it's in 2005 it did the race and it had achieved a remarkable um economy rate of 3.9 liters per 100 kilometers which is pretty impressive and it was 170 mm -hmm. i remember these figures 170 micrograms per cubic meter of noxious chemicals okay the Hyundai i30 turbo diesel manual got 2.9 litres per 100 kilometres and was only 72 micrograms per cubic metre of wow. noxious chemicals. Now, going on those figures, which do you think is the more environmentally friendly car? The bloody Prius with its filthy batteries or the, um, the the Hyundai i30 turbo diesel manual with its supposedly filthy, dirty diesel, which is actually cleaner than the Prius and got better fuel economy. So you Go have figure. to start asking yourself, why are we being sold these pups, which turn out to be dogs? They're of no value. The whole concept of electric vehicles is a dead end. It ain't going to go nowhere. Even if we had the power to, to, to power up our existing fleet in Australia, can you imagine how much we're going to have to pay for it because nobody's now paying for the roads through their petrol excise. has to come from somewhere. So suddenly all your power, not just the power for the car, all of your power will go through the roof. But in any case, there's not enough power to, to, to recharge them all anyway. So now they're looking at... Go on. I was going to say what they've already started talking about, and this was a couple of years back, and in, in in Europe, they talked about, I think, 10 years ago or whatever it was, or, or longer, because um, they were already doing it and starting to do it in Europe with petrol vehicles, was a road tax per kilometre driven. Yep. Right? So because they can't charge you tax on the petrol that you're consuming, and in principle, you know, at the moment, all the electricity is allegedly free to the consumer because you just chuck your Tesla wherever or what, you know, Get one of these free charges. Um, they'll probably start charging for that at the at the pump, um, like you have to pay for a home. But they're talking about and it makes sense, I guess. The more kilometres you drive, you pay a tax over your kilometres. So every time you jump in the car, you're literally going to be paying per kilometre. You're doing it now anyway with petrol. You just don't probably. Yeah, you know, cognitively realize yeah. that that's what's happening, but that's that's exactly what's happening. It's sort of like when you drink a beer or a glass of wine or whatever. Every sip goes through your lips. There goes some tax. You're drinking some tax every time you smoke a cigarette or whatever. You know, if you if you smoke cigarettes, um, you know, you can sort of measure how much you're paying per per stick. But um, that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, where where are we going? So it's. Well, we were going to be is going to be hydrogen fuel cells and they've now come up with a new system of using microbes that can produce as a waste product hydrogen with a very small amount of 
energy input into the system. All they have to do is scale it up once they've worked out all the all the little bugs. Pardon the pun. Um, but didn't didn't um didn't Simon have some research on that as well, which made it as a as a mass you know uh, total solution made an implausible or impractical as well as a total solution. It could be one of the solutions, wasn't that what? Uh... Yeah, it is. It'd be one of the solutions. It, is, it has to be a range. That's the whole thing. People are looking at a a, a point and click solution, and there is no point and click solution. Um, apart from the actual machinery, mm. we simply have to start changing our lifestyle, our communities. Russell Brand has been, for, I've been following him for a long time now, and he's talking about how we need to come down to smaller communities and, mm. and be self-regulating those smaller communities. We don't need the major government. Uh, I mean, we do for things like um, uh, education, perhaps, and for the army and a few other, all, all sorts of things like that. But we well, not necessarily. Hey? We don't. We don't need. We don't need them for education. Education can be done at a local level or a community level. Well, that's true. Uh, it's, we can do it in house, right? Especially, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, especially when, especially when community becomes smaller. And I'm a big, you know, a big uh, advocate of that. I've been talking about it as well for a long time. So you can, you, your education happens in that community. Now, one would say, yeah, but then you don't know how you compare to everyone else. Well, it doesn't matter. You don't need to compare. You know. Firstly, you never want to compare yourself to other people anyway, and this idea that you have to compare to whoever is just is just madness. Now, in terms of security, one says, "Oh, yeah, but you need to have a a a, a overarching you know, police force and and medical and military." Well, yes and no. You know, you can you could actually do get away with having militia for various areas. Yeah, each area might have its own militia as its, you know, defense security. Yeah. You might have your own, uh, each community might have its own uh, civil defense and so on and so forth. And then, yeah, we need to rediscover the art of communication and of community and of how things actually work without all of the big global, whether it's global, national, whatever, without all of the big control mechanisms on top. Because life worked before that, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I wasn't around hundreds of years ago, obviously. And 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 we we you know we can only look back and 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 look at life as it was back then from what we understand it to be based on what is in the books and what we're shown. Right? And yeah. make our own conclusions about it because we don't. Let's be honest. We don't even know if that's true. We don't know if what was 300 years ago what we're told happened happened 300 years ago actually happened let alone 2000 years ago yeah um, well, yeah we, we can only the historians often write it to suit their own particular theories when yeah, they write but we're history. seeing that now we're seeing that happening right now 2020 is a pivot year 2021 2020 2021 was a pivot year where history is being rewritten in many areas and we're seeing a whole bunch of cancel culture coming in and wiping out old literature so it never existed, you know. I, I always had to laugh when people say, you know, oh, how terrible it is that, you know, uh, whoever in the past wiped out the entire existence of a, of a civilization that we never knew what they were about. Well, guess what? That's exactly what's happening right now. If you're allowing yeah. stuff to be cancelled in the way it's being cancelled, then you are contributing to parts of civilization being wiped off the face of the earth, never to be known by future generations. 
I mean, the stuff they're trying to wipe off is was historically relevant at the time. It may not be relevant now, but you can't change that because you know we we so called moved on and become more civilized, which I kind of doubt. Uh, you just have to leave it as, as it is. But coming back to the whole resource thing, um, here's here's an issue you need to consider. In America, the amount of cars being produced has dropped to a dribble because they can't get the microchips for the onboard. And some of these cars have got seven, eight, nine sometimes computers on board, right? Yeah. And they can't get the chips for them. The MOS and, and all that. So why? Because the amount of material needed, the raw material, the, the rare earths, etc., are becoming rarer and rarer. It's a, time, a good timely name, rare earth. So if you're going to change your Simon was saying the other day, he was saying, if you're going to change your computer, change it now because they may not be available very soon or they may be very expensive if they are available. And so if you need to start looking at buying equipment, do it now because it may not be available soon. Now, again, I'm not trying to put fear into people. That's not what I'm about. What I'm saying is think about it, open your mind, stop sucking in the information from the usual news uh, suppliers, the normal ones, normal, what's normal, um, and start thinking about ensuring yourself against what may be coming just the way you insure your car you insure your house you insure your boat if you're wealthy you insure your plane so we need to start looking very closely and simon and if so long as we can get him to slow down his description of what he's talking about yeah stay on one graph rather than flicking from one to the other because the man is just so full of information he expects you to get it. So we have to slow him down, my friend. <laughs> we, yeah, we will. It'll just have to break up. so damn important. Yeah, we'll break it up so into like in videos. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, and, and people may look looking. at us and say, yeah, but hold on. You know, you're in. Sorry? Go on, go on. I was, okay, was going to say, people may look at us and say, yeah, but you guys, you know, hold on, you guys with the arc. You're a, you're a digital thing. So if the internet goes and technology goes or I can't upgrade my technology because it's too expensive or it just doesn't, I can't get access to it because there are no processes or whatever, then how am I going to, you know, how am I going to access what you're offering? Why would I, you know, be part of this if, you know, shortly down the track or whenever down the track, I, I, I can't. And the answer very simply is, is we are going to, or we are living our own, our own, shit and when you when you engage with the community you're going to see and you go on the journey with us we are going to find a way to take this community and create a possibility for you to be able to access everything um in the physical real world as well irrespective of where you are in the physical world it's going to take us a bit of time we think we have that time or we have enough time at least before <laughs> You know the worst possible scenario that someone may want to be want to come up with happens if it happens, but uh, we will we will be living this and you'll you know when you're with this in the community you'll see this unfold and you can replicate it in your own in your own communities in your own lives, um, yeah, and get offline. You know there's there's if if that's part of what you want to do get off grid get offline, um, or at least have that that 
continuity plan in place. You know, I had a business in I had a business many years ago in disaster recovery and business continuity. And again, it was an insurance policy, right? It was what happens if, you know? And and we had a we had a we had a um uh, an entire floor of desks and computers, which was, uh, you know, in Dutch was called an advac center. was where people would go for in, in case their entire office was down. So they'd be able to move all their people in and we'd, we'd set the whole thing up and, and whatever. But that place was for like 360 days a year almost, or a little bit less. But most of the year, that was the uh, sabbatical department. There was, <laughs> there was no one there, but people were paying for the space just in case, because it was too mission critical for them not to be able to have their people work. Now, I think anyone in that sort of business would probably go broke because people can just work from home, as we've seen. Now, and, and speaking of the internet, let me just tell you how insecure it might be. Google, do you, I don't know if people are aware just how good the whole internet works. Google has five or maybe six major warehouses, which are like two or three Bunnings in size each. And they are filled wall to wall, floor to ceiling with these massive, massive servers. And every two or three days or four days, they download every single page on the net. They yeah. download it. Now, For anyone who doesn't know what Bunnings is, um, it's a huge. Um, um, well, it's Lowe's. In America, it's Lowe's. Lowe's, Costco, Macro in Germany, Metro in Metro in Germany, Macro in the Netherlands, whatever. Yeah, yeah. huge department stores, massive acres and acres under one roof. Well, they, they, these things are like two or three of those together, each one. But here's the thing: there's only five of them or six of them around the world, and they're secret. Well, to us, they're secret. We don't know. But how easy would they be to target? And you've only yep. got a, five or six to target. That's it. They can be taken down very, very quickly. And there's your internet, gone. That's how yeah. easy it is. And it doesn't it even have to be something malicious. I mean, it could just be because, you know, EMPs, electromagnetic pulses, um, yeah. people have been warning yeah. about them coming from space for a long time. It's quite interesting, by the way, that the US government is finally releasing a whole bunch of data about uh, UFOs. I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of data coming out about it. Yeah, just, you know, Trump in the final days of his administration, uh, uh, sets up Space Force, and then all of a sudden, all this stuff comes out of the US about UFOs. It's very, very interesting. But um, uh, a lot of people have talked about EMPs, electromagnetic pulses, and if one of those ones would have hit the Earth significantly, everything electronic, you know, from lights to cameras to f everything would just go. Everything is turned on. Yeah. Hmm. Well, apparently, everything is turned off even, because if, if, as long as it's plugged in to a um, uh, a socket... Yeah. Uh, it can still go, unless so you have some really super fun. We need to have a, a spare car that's just a carburetor version with no computer on board because that would still run. Yeah, because the cars wouldn't go either. You know, I mean, listen, let's get back to the Model T, right? Well, Not quite, but you know what I mean, right? No, maybe yeah. maybe we'll go back to the 60s. They had some pretty cool cars in the 60s. Oh, but, very. Um, you know, go back to something that had no computer on board. And believe it or not, cars actually did have no computer on board at one stage. And they ran really well. They're a bit of you know, fuel guzzler, but, you know. So just to, just to round off, because it's almost 40 minutes, I just want to reiterate that the whole ethos behind this, this, um, this um, project, the Ark of Forgotten Knowledge, is to provide people with an insurance policy that they can 
either have access to the digital library or eventually as, as we're producing the books, they can buy the books very, very cheaply. We only intend to put maybe a dollar on top of the cost in order to cover our handling. But if, if it costs us $6 to have the book printed, it'll cost you $7. That's it. <laughs> we want this information out there. We want people prepared. Should it go wrong, it's just insurance. And we're not talking about all the conspiracy theories and all of the lizard people and all that kind of stuff. Maybe true, maybe not. I don't know. It's not my field. I can't comment. But what I can comment on is what I'm looking at in real time right now, what's going on. The fact that the government is just pouring uh, uh, subjects about fear on us one after the other. It's COVID. It's, it's, it's uh, UFOs. It's EMPs. It's all of this stuff going around that's just putting fear into people. And what I want is for people to be unafraid and say, you know what? The fit can hit the sham. It doesn't matter because I'm prepared and we have the resources to not just survive, but to thrive. And that's my ethos and that's our ethos behind the whole thing, the arc of forgotten knowledge mm, for people to absolutely. thrive should, should, it, should it happen. I'll give you just in, in, in closing from me, I'll get in the pass back to you, mate. I'll give, give one example. I won't mention who this person is, but um, recently someone I know went out uh, of an evening and had to take a train home. And they had to they had to get a connecting train. And they just missed their connecting train. And I'm not being sort of woke by saying they instead of he or she. I just don't want to let on who it is, okay, in any way. So they missed their connecting train by a minute and had to figure out how were they going to get home. And uh, we were having a bit of a conversation back and forth on, on the uh, SMS. And uh, it turned out they were going to be home uh, about 40 minutes later than one would have expected them to be home had they taken the very, very next train. And I said, how in the hell, you know, because I said, well, well, what train are you on? And they said, well, they were on a train going to, well, they are going to Circular Quay, but it doesn't matter. For people who aren't in Sydney, that won't mean anything. In other words, they are going, they are going on a train in a direction away from where they needed to go, but the train ultimately would have looped back around, right? I'm like, yep. How in, in hell's name did you ever get on that train? Because where the train's connected from the one first train to the second train that they missed, all they had to do was go up one platform. How in hell's name did you ever get on the train going in the opposite direction the long way around? And the answer was, that's what the app told me to do. There you go. Old say days, no yeah, no time to say no more, right? So, I mean, everyone else can figure out what you would normally have had to done before there was an app. And I, I can give you countless examples of that from different people, of that sort of thing from people I keep coming across where it was the technology told them what to do and it was nowhere near as effective or as efficient or whatever um, or the right solution necessarily for what they wanted to actually achieve. This is but better become, anyway start thinking. Yeah, we've become so dependent as a race on technology and we, we, we accept it. Is there no wonder that people have faith in science? Yeah, a blind faith in science. Yep. Right? When, when we've become so dependent upon it. And that is where the, the books that are in the ark 
are so invaluable because they are a time-tested technology in a non-computer, non, non, you know, bits and bytes computer sense. Yep. And it's and it, we're not talking survivalist information here. It's the way our great grandparents lived. Oh, there is some survivalist stuff. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is normal life for those who are survivalists. There's a ton of that sort of information there as well. But it's not just that. It's it's a very broad spectrum. So irrespective of whether you are someone who wants to live off grid, you're into tiny homes, you you know you're into van life, uh, or you indeed are someone who wants to who has a more survivalist approach or prep approach to, to life. All of the all of that Good stuff. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, like like Patrick said, it's the stuff that our grandfathers. And now, great, yeah, great, even my grandfather, grandfathers and great grandfathers and great great grandfathers did, and lived really, really well. And we're gonna, we got a whole bunch more stuff we can go into, and we're gonna do that in some other videos, just to highlight how life today is so much different and why the insurance policy of the knowledge that you can gain from the ark is so important. And yep. it. And, and, and I'm going to, during these videos and, and through the community, I'm going to be beating the drum. It's no point just gathering books, by the way. Yeah, gather the books and, and, and have them there so that you can read them, but make a point of actually reading the information and doing only that way that you'll assimilate the knowledge of those books into your own knowledge. And you're not going to have, you know, you're not going to be able to live on them. And, and we, we will be setting up seminars down the track on how to set up your own small communities. And the logistics yep. of that, and how it how it all works, and how to work with each other, etc. Because I tell you what, the image that comes to my mind of our society is a little baby. Okay, it can't fend for itself, so the parents have to give it everything, much like what we have now. You know, particularly with you know the universal basic income and all this sort of stuff. We are like a baby that's sucking on the teat or the bottle, but if somebody takes the bottle away, what does the baby do? It screams and cries and shits itself. We don't want people to do that. We want people to say, oh, the bottle's gone. That's right, I got my own. Mm. Especially, especially with the analogy you just gave. Especially with the analogy you just gave, we want people to realise how toxic the teat is that they currently <laughs> have, that they're currently sucking on. <laughs> so that's what I want our members to become. The, the, the ability to say, you know what, I'm in, I don't care because I'm solid, I'm independent, I'm self, I'm self-supporting, and I'm not just surviving; I'm thriving despite all of the stuff that's gone missing out of our lives. We're actually better off, or whatever. That's another opinion, I suppose. But we're not going to die. We're not going to starve. We have a community around us. We have resources around us, and we're providing for ourselves and for our friends and neighbours and family. That's where I want our members to become. Confident. Yeah. Me too. Cool. All right, mate. Listen, thanks so much um, for everyone for Thank watching. You. And um, we will be back. So, Patrick, you'll see Patrick and I regularly. Um, we're going to get Simon on regularly as well. Um, he is in the, we're, we're lucky that we're in the same time zone um, here in on the east coast of Australia. Simon, however, is uh, over in, uh, in Finland and uh, just... Um, presents a few challenges but we'll get him on uh, uh regularly as well um so please if you're wherever you're watching this please uh you know if, if you like this sort of stuff please 
take a moment and subscribe and hit the bell button if there is a bell button for notifications or whatever the notification thing is. Um, and if you think that uh, anyone you know, like and trust would also enjoy the content of uh, these videos, but also enjoy the possibility to learn from um, the knowledge that is in the ARC, uh, then please uh, invite them to the website to sign up um, as we go through the pre-launch phase. So we're launching the thing very soon, next couple of months. Right now we're in pre-launch and we're just uh, garnishing, going interesting and sharing sharing these sorts of things with uh, with me. Mate, I'll leave the final word to you and, and I'll comments. shut up. Leave comments down below. What was it? I said, leave comments down below. Yeah, let, let us yeah, know what you think, where you're at, what 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 you, what, uh, what uh, position you're in, or what plans you might have, and so we can share around the whole, you know, share with each other what, where we're heading. Yep, fantastic. All right, thanks, everyone. Have a great time, and uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks for watching, remember to join the Telegram channel and group. You can find all video episodes on the website www.arcofforgottenknowledge.com or on BitChute Rumble and other emerging platforms. The podcast is on Apple, Google, Spotify and Audible. Thanks again for tuning in.